Hello, and welcome to Never a Dull Moment, a talk show and podcast for angels and founders. Ziad of Boston Harbor Angels has fun with co-hosts and guests as they discuss and debate all topics from the world of startups and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the conversation. Now, here they are. Enjoy the show. Startup is never a sort of a monotonic upward going line. You know, it's sort of two steps forward, one step backward. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's scary. And I guess the as I've progressed in my career, I've realized to take more of an engineering point of view toward these things, that they are simply problems that need to be solved. You know, it's it, it's not a good idea to get emotional about it. You need to just sit down and think it through, you know, and, and for that reason, you know, good entrepreneurs know when to pull in their pull in their uh, reins a little bit and slow down. And, and then there's times when you should step on the gas and speed up. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, entrepreneurs fail because they they don't react. You know, they just simply say, OK, I have this idea and I'm just going to go at it in this way and and they don't measure what's going on they don't observe what how how other people see them and other people see their companies and and so you know you know they make the mistake of just plowing ahead when every startup has to zig and zag you know i've i've never through uh, this is my sixth company and even though wasabi is doing essentially what i had in my original business plan we're selling 60% or more of our product through channels today, and there was nothing about channels in my original business plan. So when I started five years ago, like I felt like I was laughed out of every room that I walked into. Uh, but what's happened in the last five years is a few things. One is that the cost of glasses skyrocketed. The second is that you know climate change and this idea that it's our individual responsibility that we need to take accountability for and make individual choices has really driven a lot of change. And that's when kind of the combination of those two things, we've seen the industry stop fighting against this idea of alternative packaging and really begin to embrace it. And earlier this year, Jancis Robinson, who's one of the most famous wine critics in the entire world, literally said, you know, canned wine has arrived. It's time for us to take it seriously. Um, We have our wines being poured at James Beard award-winning restaurants. We're available on, you know, major airlines like JetBlue. We're available at, you know, mass retail locations like Target. Um, And everywhere we go, what we hear is the same, which is, you know, the quality of wine that you guys put in a can is there. It's delicious. It's, It's better than a lot of bottled wine that's out there. So a patent is a, a government grant. It's a grant by each government. Every country has their own patent system where they grant a monopoly to inventors on inventions, sort of creations, which have typically technical, but not always, utility. So a patent is a simple way to think about a patent. It's and it's a government-granted monopoly on an advance, an improvement, whether it's in a process or in a design machine, uh, possibly in a composition, and so forth. There are patents on plants that could cover trees and the like, but that's less common. So your typical patent is on a technical improvement, though, though there are other flavors. You just talked about having this wonderful meeting with entrepreneurs of color 
uh, black entrepreneurs in particular. And, you know, in the community where I live, which is in the black community, um, I see wonderful business leaders, entrepreneurs with great innovative ideas who are trying to uh, bring those ideas fully to market. Um, one of the things that is always a barrier is um, just the level of access that those brilliant entrepreneurs have to capital, um, access to opportunities, access to people who will open the doors for them, to give them that big break or to give them that, that opportunity to bring that, part, that product fully. You know, the investor is taking the risk up front um, when the company is at a point where there's more risk. Uh, and it may not convert for a long period of time. And when it converts the, at, into equity at that time, the company may be worth um, a lot more. So the investor is not, may not be compensated for the risk he or she is taking when they make the safe investment. In fact, you can say, I want two-factor authentication, the key card and the face. Now there's more security. Why? Because... If you give me your key card, I tap and I, I open the door, the, the door uh, lock mechanism and the system will say, oh, Ziad entered the office at 9.17 a.m. Comes down to how fast you can separate and differentiate from the, from the pack. And many times the companies or your competitors are focused so much on the product and the technology that they don't focus on building the brand. The brand is a definite point of differentiation and acceleration in terms of owning the narrative for the marketplace. I'd build on that too, or add to that, that if you are a startup or emerging brand, which is what I think you said, Ziad, is that there's a couple different ways to build it. If you know you have a really great product, service, or technology, you might be building the brand to last three to five years, so you're not spending money twice and you're building a kind of broad framework. Um, Wasabi is a fantastic example. And then other brands that are kind of maturing a technology and maybe maybe quite haven't figured out exactly where the product market fit is, you have to build a much more agile brand and kind of tack or pivot as you grow it. So there, there are a number of different ways to approach it. One of the hardest things that a founder will ever do is eventually get to some kind of a liquidity event. That's a really tough situation. And if they're starting to think about it and plan for that, that's probably the most intelligent thing that they can do in terms of being able to set themselves up to get to that liquidity event. All of our matchmakers have to have a high degree of emotional intelligence. And that's a requirement upon being a matchmaker. And I think even more so being an employee of Talkify, um, to be able to understand relationships and support people through relationships, you have to be able to cater to a number of different people with variety of needs and be able to pick up on that emotionally. Thank you for listening to Never a Dull Moment. We hope you've enjoyed the show and don't forget to rate and review us. Until next time, have a great day.